10 things to tell you listeners. This episode is sponsored by Glossier. I know that you have seen this community-driven beauty brand online with products inspired by the people who use them. They've become so popular for their products, giving you that glowy, dewy skin look, and you know that I care a lot about the beauty products I use and endorse, so I am thrilled that Glossier is partnering with the show. The product I want to tell you especially about before we get into our episode is the Milky Jelly Cleanser. This cleanser is the first step to getting that fresh-faced glow, and it is just as described, a luxurious cream gel formula that makes washing your face an elevated experience. The Milky Jelly Cleanser is one of Glossier's top-selling products. People are obsessed, and I can see why. I've been using it myself, and I love it. As a 10 Things to Tell You listener, you can get that dewy-looking skin yourself by going to glossier.com slash podcast slash you, Y-O-U. I'll link to this in the show notes for you, and all new customers will get 10% off their first order at glossier.com slash podcast slash you. Again, that's glossier spelled G-L-O-S-S-I-E-R dot com slash podcast slash you, Y-O-U. Certain exclusions apply. Now to the show. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Welcome to this episode of the 10 things to tell you podcast friends. I am so glad that you decided to press play here today because we're talking about something that's really common and often dismissed or pushed down or seen as something we should have grown out of or something. And that is the question, whose voice is inside your head? And as you might have guessed, I am primarily asking whose critical voice is inside your head because of all the other voices that may bounce around in there, the ones that we really need to identify in order to squash them are the critical ones, the negative nagging that is less than loving, that is the opposite of encouraging. It's the voice that makes you second guess yourself or causes you to heap shame or guilt upon yourself. Now, maybe you're thinking that the most critical voice inside your brain is you. You are your own worst critic. That's a saying, right? I know that I am definitely hardest on myself, first and foremost. And if I've ever been hard on you, looking at my children, my husband, my friends, my sister, 
rest assured that I have been way, way worse on myself first. But even if your own self-talk is pretty harsh, you probably learned that from somewhere. That came from somewhere. Now, some of us might be more hardwired to be more self-critical than other people are, but generally we also pick up that language or those ideas from an outside source somewhere along the way. And the reason that I want us to think about who that is, who has gotten into our psyches so hard, is because I think when you can identify where these critical thoughts come from, it makes it easier to stop it, or at least reroute it. When you're just swimming in a sea of negative soup, it feels impossible to get out. When you can say, "Ugh, that's just my old high school coach talking, that idea is not real anymore, then it's one step towards a healthier mindset. It's awareness versus autopilot, and that can bring you freedom. Also, I know this prompt feels like it might be a deeply personal one, and it seems like I've done a lot of prompts lately that are more suited to your journal than for you know good conversation starters. But I actually think this question would be a good one to have with a friend or a partner. I think it can give us enormous insight into one another, and also it can hold us accountable a little bit. If I see a friend holding herself to an impossibly high standard, I might be able, if we've talked about it, to gently point out, hey, that's your mother talking, you know, you don't have to be perfect. No one expects that. You know, we can sort of have that conversation with one another. So there are lots and lots of people who can get into our heads over time. Now, I'm no psychologist, (laughs) clearly, but some of the strongest voices seem to develop when we're children, and they can be enormously hard to shake. So I'm thinking of like an overly critical parent or grandparent, a faith leader, a teacher, a coach, When we are young and care so much about pleasing these authority figures, their judgment might become oversized in our brains. We might conflate pleasing them with being loved. We might become convinced that if we don't do things to a certain standard, that something bad will happen to us. And maybe the authority figure meant to impose such fear upon us, and maybe we got some things twisted. The root and tendrils of all of that is something that you can take to therapy. But today, we are just going to focus on who the voices are so we can identify them. That's all for today. Let's just focus on that because I know there can be layers to this. And for some of us, this kind of thing goes really, really deep. Once we're a little older and more independent, other voices tend to really lodge in our psyche. It's different from when we were young children, but it can be just as prevalent. In fact, when I was journaling about this idea and trying to identify some of the most critical voices in my head, most of them were from adulthood on and not from early childhood. That might be because I'm... 
40. <laughs> but in adulthood, even young adulthood, like starting in your teenage years, you really do hear things differently and you might assign criticism as about your actions versus who you are as a person. And so this is where we might get into some worthiness issues where we might feel like our choices are tied to our worth as a human or if we're able to separate that or not. Some voices that might come creeping into your thought process as an adult might be certain friends, a boss, an ex, social media trolls. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. And if you're someone who is listening to this episode and thinking, I'm not even sure what she's talking about. Well, then God bless you, sister. Peace be with you. Please come teach me how to rid myself of these critical voices. Because for me, it's not like I'm still trying to please my parents or old bosses or ex-boyfriends or internet trolls. It's more like something about that relationship, something that was said, some kind of standard I was held to, or the consequence of an action, it has stayed with me. And in some way or another, it has taught me how to be. It has made me think that there is a certain way to do something or say something. And when I deviate from that is when this critical voice shows up. And this little voice might say, are you really going to wear that? Or everyone is going to see what a fraud you are. Or you would be more likable if you didn't say things like that. And so then it makes me pause. I get filled with doubt over something that I was certain of a few minutes before. And now suddenly I'm worried about what other people will think. Not necessarily what the critical voice in my mind will think what that person will think. They might not even be in my life anymore. But that critical voice has become the messenger to make me doubt myself. Does this make sense? It's infuriating that someone from our past or someone that we don't even know, like a stranger on the internet or like a coach from 20 years ago, has become the voice of our own self-doubt. Now, I'm not giving a critical person in your life a pass. It may very well be that there is someone whose cruelty or rigidness has infiltrated your heart and messed it up, and that requires some real untangling. That is real life. I am not taking away from that. But I can also see that, especially if it's someone who is not in your life anymore, like a parent, like a boss, if it's someone that you can identify and then say, I am not listening to you anymore, there can be some real freedom in that. There really can. Before I tell you about the critical voices in my own head, I want you to know that this episode is sponsored by Vistaprint. The importance of feeling professional, polished, and prepared when it counts right now. For small business owners or people who produce their own podcasts like me, being plugged in and prepared when an opportunity comes up is crucial. Those moments happen all the time. They're happening right now. And having a business card that shows how professional you are 
ready in your pocket, ready to hand out, it is the first step to making something happen. Your next big opportunity is coming right now, and we are here to help you own the now with free shipping on any business card in any quantity from Vistaprint. Choose whatever style, finish, shape, or paper you like and get free shipping. And because you can pick the colors, fonts, designs, and images, it means you can create something as unique and compelling as your business. You can feel good knowing that Vistaprint uses only carefully selected inks and responsibly sourced paper stocks. Your satisfaction is 100% guaranteed or your money back. Vistaprint wants you to be able to own the now in any situation, which is why our listeners will get free shipping on any business cards, any style, any quantity. Just go to vistaprint.com and enter promo code U, Y-O-U, for free shipping on all business cards, any style, any quantity. Limited time offer. Own the now at vistaprint.com, promo code U. Okay, so this is not the first time I've ever thought about the critical voices in my head. Shocker, I know. But it also wasn't therapy or navel-gazing either, because this will surprise no one, but I have been hyper-aware of the critical voices in my head ever since I started posting on the internet. Now, mind you, it was not really based in reality. In my mommy blogging days, I did not exactly post the types of material that sent like trolls out with pitchforks, but I always imagined that I was just a half step away from being brutally attacked online because I'd watched so many other people just be completely taken down and dragged through the mud and cancel culture before we called it cancel culture. But before I even got to the point where I feared internet trolls, which by the way, is a legitimate fear if you're sensitive. Who wants to be attacked by a stranger? Nobody. But way, way stronger than that were the critical voices in my head that belonged to people I actually know. And what I imagined, keyword here, imagined, they were thinking about me sharing my life on the internet. I mean, I worried about all kinds of people. I worried about some of my friends, the ones who made fun of bloggers. Now I was a blogger. I worried about what exes would think, what my husband's exes would think. I worried what my parents were thinking every time I posted. I mean, it is truly nuts, the scenario that I invented in my mind about how people were judging me. Now, maybe some of those people were judging me because judging is a part of life, but I gave it so much weight, especially considering that I loved blogging. I loved writing on the internet and I pushed through and I still did it, but I will say that I did let it get to me. I can look back now and see that I was often really restrained and that restraint was about something other than myself. I did not blog with total abandon. And while in some ways, I guess I'm glad I didn't just way overshare on the internet in my mommy blogging days and then like had to spend years after doing some kind of damage control, I can also see that the various critical voices in my head killed my creativity. It was my own doing, by the way. I'm not blaming anyone else. But I did let other people's judgments, mostly imagined judgments or judgments from people who should not have mattered, 
I did let it affect the way I conducted myself in my work. So only when I started killing off those voices one by one, and that came through age mostly and life experience, just the idea of caring less in general what other people think, only when I could identify a critical voice, realize that it wasn't real or that it didn't matter, only then could I sort of break through the parts of it that were holding me back. So that's been the biggest way that critical voices have affected me in the last decade, just getting in my own head about what I'm sharing online. Other critical voices that have affected my life in the last few years have been around the way I look, my weight, my face, my style. Amber Haynes and I talk a little bit about this back in episode number 42 titled, Have You Lost Your Style?, We talk about the fact that I have a constant running criticism in my head about the way that I look and that that has not always been there. It is new to me in the last few years to question my appearance. And those voices are so ugly. So I'm not going to name names here on the show to the actual literal people in my life who have criticized me or who I imagine are criticizing me because... Well, because I'm just not going to do that. But know that I did it in my journal. And I'm asking you to do it to yourself or to share it with a trusted friend. This is probably not the type of thing that you want to go viral if the critical voices in your head belong to an actual living, breathing person out there. But I am very, very curious if this week, as you're noticing when a critical voice is in your head, that it belongs to someone, that it originated in your childhood in your workplace, in the culture at large. I just want to know if as you identify these things, immediately or slowly, if it makes it easier for you to suppress this personal criticism. I really want to know. And because I don't want us all to totally spin out on negative self-talk only, while we're paying attention to these voices in our head, Let's also notice the voices that we carry with us that cheer us on, who tells us we're beautiful, who encourages us to have grace with ourselves. Those voices, if you notice that they come from somewhere outside of our own selves, if we're able to speak that way to ourselves because of love bestowed upon us, because someone loved us so much, then let's take a moment of gratitude for that voice for the love of a family member or of a cherished authority figure. Those are the voices inside our head that are more important. And I so wish they didn't get drowned out sometimes. We will be talking more about this topic in the new 10 Things to Tell You Connection Facebook group. I will link to that group in the show description and show notes, which you can always find at 10thingstotellyou.com. If you choose to post about this prompt or share the show with friends, which I really hope that you do, please make sure and tag us on social media because we would love to see it. We're at 10 Things to Tell You on both Instagram and Facebook. I hope that the wonderful voices inside your head overrun the critical voices this week. Thanks for listening. Now go share something. Tremaine, and you've just
just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.